Welcome to the Sacramental Charismatic. I'm your host, Luke Garrity, and on this podcast, I discuss topics related to the church, the Holy Spirit, mission, and how these subjects intersect within sacramentality. I'm a pastor theologian living in Northern California, and while I'm primarily discussing topics related to these themes and interviewing relevant voices, I'll also discuss whatever else I feel like because, well, this is my podcast. My website, LukeGarity.com, has plenty of blog articles for you to delve into, and I'd love to invite you to find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Let's go. All right, what's up, everybody? I am in my studio office uh, it is, uh, gosh, what's the day today? Today is July 14th, still in the midst of the COVID-19 global pandemic. Uh, you know, I actually have transitioned from working from home uh, almost exclusively to now uh, being in my office again. We'll see how long that lasts. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm excited about today's topic. I'm going to be actually spending some time talking about the gift of healing and specifically addressing some of the resources that are available out there that may be helpful for you if you are wanting to understand the gift of healing, if you want to actually wrestle a bit more with with uh, the practical side of it as well as the uh, the biblical theology side of it. But before we do that, I am excited. I have a package right here. You might be able to hear that. Uh, you can see that if you're watching the YouTube video, this is a package I got in the mail. Uh, it is all the way from England, um, and I think it is from my friend, uh, the the great and brilliant and uh, just a good good all around guy, uh, Steve Bernhope, Doctor Steve Bernhope. So uh, we're going to open up this package right now, and oh, look at that. It is exactly what I was hoping it would be. Um, yeah, so it's Meeting John Wimber. It's a book edited by John Gunstone. Uh, it's got chapters from a whole bunch of other other uh, authors. Um, looking at it right now, uh, just to name a few. Actually, it looks like they're mostly British folks, um, which is why I had my friend Steve send it to me, who uh, he's in England. So... Can't wait to talk about this book. I'll probably do an episode of Wednesdays with Wimber. If you don't know about my Wednesdays with Wimber, you can go to my YouTube channel and I try to somewhat consistently, I don't know how consistent it actually happens. It's probably like once a month, uh, but I try to do a video uh, where I talk about John Wimber and I have interviews. I uh, have a couple interviews up there recently. Uh, I did one with Carol Wimber, John's wife and uh and i have some other folks on there so anyway i'm looking forward to jumping in this book and huge thanks thanks to uh steve bernhope for providing that uh and so speaking of john wimber um john wimber was a really well-known uh preacher and teacher who talked a lot about uh the supernatural miraculous charismatic gifts and how they had relevance today and so I think what I want to do is I'm going to spend some time talking about um, my top books uh, on 
on the subject of healing. And I am going to keep this a little bit more on the practical side of things. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to actually dive into all the biblical theology, even though that's really, really important uh, to do. Um, I want to actually spend some time, like, I guess, giving you books that already assume that the gift of healing is for today. So if you're on the fence and you're trying to explore which books to read in order to determine whether or not the charismatic gifts are for today. Maybe you're coming at this from a more sacramental background or evangelical or conservative uh, background, and you're not really aware or up on uh, on the topic of the continuation of the spiritual gifts, and you're kind of wondering where you want to go. That'll be another episode I do. Uh, I will mention, though, if you're kind of curious on some good books for that, there's a great uh, I guess a great little introduction to all of the different views called Our Miraculous Gifts for Today, and it's edited by Wayne Grudem, but it has um, a number of essays from a variety of different perspectives who uh, basically make cases either in opposition to the spiritual gifts for today or for them. So it's a good book to get to get and uh, check it out. There's going to be links in the description for every book that I mentioned today too, so if you're kind of wanting to pick them up, you can do that. But when it comes to the subject of healing, let me start by sharing a quick story um, on my on my own. Uh, I guess in my own life, um, I have I would say that I'm not one of those kind of folks who has been extremely gifted in the area of of healing. In fact, um, you know, sometimes I joke around with people and say, you know, people have a tendency to get worse after I pray for them. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm somewhat kidding, but I just wouldn't say that I've had a lot of um, success in praying for people, but I still do pray for people all the time and I want to continue doing that. But I have also seen some pretty powerful, miraculous things happen as I've prayed for people. Um, so I do believe that healing is for today. Uh, one one uh, particular instance um, I had, I actually was a part of a ministry that um, provided food for folks who were in need. And we used to carry the groceries out to the folks that were, were participating in this ministry. And and then we would always offer to pray for them. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was probably 50-50. Sometimes people were really open to it and some people were not at all. But one particular time I offered to pray for a lady and she said, uh, yeah, sure. I actually would, would love to have uh, some prayer for my shoulder. It's It's been really sore and I can't lift it at all. And she was a uh, an elderly woman. And so I, um, so I said, sure, I'd love to pray for you. And so I uh, did my best to, to offer up a prayer. I, I laid hands on her shoulder after asking for permission to do that. And she said it was okay. I prayed for her. And um, when I got done, I was getting ready to go into the spiel of, uh, of why not everybody is healed. And she started crying and started lifting her shoulder. And she said, oh my gosh, my shoulder is completely healed. I, how did that happen? And was, uh, you know, really, really moved by this, um, this healing ministry. And not only was she moved, I also was really excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, you really got healed. What? And, um, and so anyway, I had an opportunity to share with her as I kind of, um, I guess, you know, began to pivot into explaining why she was healed and talking to her about Jesus and the kingdom of God and, uh, anyway, that was a that was a very um, I mean her she when she couldn't lift her arm before and then she could it was pretty pretty amazing, uh, and then I've seen a number of other I mean I've seen actually dozens of healings where people have been have been healed um, I've seen lots of 
of pretty crazy things. And, and you know, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast um, is to explore the intersection between the charismatic world and the sacramental world. Uh, I think I'm one of an increasingly large uh, number of people who are who are really wanting to say we don't have to be either or, we want to be both and. And um, so that's kind of the, the point of this podcast, if you're new, is we're exploring and we're thinking about the intersection between pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. We're looking at the intersection of sacramental theology, which I would argue, and I think most of us would argue, is a pneumatological framework. Um, I'm also exploring issues related to ecclesiology and the doctrine of the church. And then finally, uh, spending a lot of time thinking about um, the topic of missiology. And, and I think sacramental, the charismatic sacramental worldview, actually sees an intersection between those different topics. And, uh, in fact, the last podcast that we put out, I put out with my friend Jeff, uh, we kind of talked about that. He did a hostile takeover and hacked into the uh, podcast, uh, but then he provided four really good uh, characteristics and, and ways of thinking about the sacramental charismatic tapestry. And so... Uh, I'll probably do some more defining of that in the future. I know there's lots of questions about what exactly it means. Um, but for this podcast, again, I want to jump into the, su- the subject of, of, of healing, and I want to talk about some of the resources or books that I think you should, you should check out. And I'm going to try to summarize them a little bit because I know some of you might not be big readers, or if you are, uh, you know, you might have a huge stack of books right now that you're working on and um, maybe, you know, my summaries will help get you in. But I'm going to start with my number one. I mean, this is the book that I recommend to everybody who's serious about wanting to understand everything they can about the subject of healing. Um, this isn't a book that I would say is a introductory book, but I think it's the best overall book out there. And it's by John Wimber. Uh, many of you knew I was going to probably go there, but uh, John Wimber wrote a book with Kevin Springer called Power Healing. And Power Healing um, is a, basically it's an overview of the entire subject. And, you know, as I'm flipping through the, the pages here, um, it has a number of sections. There's actually uh, three sections as well as a bunch of appendices. Uh, but each section um, covers different topics. Um, section one is why does Jesus heal? Section two, what does Jesus heal? Section three is how does Jesus heal through us? And then the final um, short little chapters address a number of, of the, uh, I guess, topics such as, you know, like healing in the Old Testament. Um, there's also a section on the o- an overview of the healing ministry of Jesus, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then it also has an um, anthropologist's analysis of one of the ministry um, outreaches that John Wimber did early in England. So great book. Uh, I would say it's probably, in my opinion, the best book because it's it's built off of a framework um, of kingdom theology. Um, and I've mentioned this before on an episode of one of my YouTube videos where I talk about the difference between power healing and Wimber's other book called Power Evangelism. And I talk about how the Power Evangelism book essentially lays the groundwork and the framework for a kingdom a kingdom um, framework, and it, it essentially um, helps us understand that that there's a clash of kingdoms, and 
And um, in the book, Power Healing, it's assuming that. And so it just basically builds off of more of that framework and specifically uh, goes into the topic of healing um, and, and introduces readers to what is called the five-step prayer model. If you've been in charismatic churches that have been influenced by the Vineyard or, or John Wimber, then you have heard of that. And the five-step prayer model is uh, something that I'll talk about uh, towards the end of this uh, podcast. But uh, if you're looking for a really, um, I guess, robust explanation of the book of, he- of, of the healing healings, the book Power Healing is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, it covers the Bible, theology, it covers a bit of church history, and then it has some really practical stuff. So Power Healing, I have a copy right here that's the original, one of the original, uh, this one was printed and uh, put out in England, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then I have, uh, obviously, the electronic version on Kindle. Link below. Uh, second book I'm going to mention, and I'm going to say this is like right below. I mean, I'm talking it's right below John Wimber's Power Healing, and it's a book by Alexander Venter. Alexander Venter's book is called Doing Healing, and it is absolutely fantastic. Um, I have a Kindle version of it because I've given away so many copies of the paper version that I no longer actually have one. Uh, Alexander Venter spent some time with John Wimber, and he also uh, wrote a book called Doing Church, which essentially lays out like a practical ecclesiology uh, that John Wimber worked off of. But in Doing Healing, uh, essentially he he does the same thing. It, it introduces uh, readers to the subject of healing, and then it goes into the biblical theology of it, and then finally it goes into the praxis of it. And one of the reasons why I love this book is because uh, Alexander, first of all, is a friend um, and uh, is a great thinker. And, and then, in addition to that, I think Alexander does a great job of really getting to the heart of, of healing and talking about um, the, the, the outworking of healing be, and being an expression of compassion. And, and it's, it's rooted in his understanding of the kingdom breaking into this world. And so very, very good book. I, I cannot tell you, um, you know, um, how much I like this book. I mean, it really is fantastic. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about um, some of the some of the uh, I guess content in this book is kind of fascinating because it's essentially written in a way that you could you could um, read it in a small group and then model it uh, together. I mean, it has a lot of really practical um, parts of it parts of it too. But what I what I really love about the book, though, when it comes to actually. I guess jumping into it is I, I love how he starts with understanding the kingdom of God as being crucial to uh, to understanding healing, and he starts with ancient Israel and his and he works his way to to Jesus, and so that's uh, a good a good um, I guess starting place for us. So those two books, I guess if I had to pick two that I I would give to people on a regular basis and say, hey, you need to get. You need to get these two books and jump into healing. Those would two would be the places I'd start. Uh, you know, first John Wimber, and secondly, doing healing. Uh, my third my third book that I'm going to recommend is a book by Morton Kelsey, uh, Kelsey and Morton T. Kelsey, and it's called Healing and Christianity. And the sub uh, the subtitle is it's called the first comprehensive history of healing in the Christian Church from biblical times to the present. So you may have heard folks um, who 
do not believe that healing is for today suggest things like, um, I mean, they may say things like, well, you know, healing all stopped at the end of the apostolic age or or, you know, you might hear things like, well, certainly supernatural, miraculous things no longer happen today. Um, or, you know, you may have heard people say, well, now that we have the Bible, we have no need for healing. Uh, those arguments, which have been popularized by a number of um, voices, uh, John MacArthur, I think, is probably one of the most popular ones. Uh, you know, the reality is, is they have to basically deny history, church history, if they are going to suggest that. And so uh, Morton's book um, uh, is a great, great overview of healing. And um, it starts from the beginning. It makes a great case for why Christian healing is such an important part of the ministry of the church and um, kind of builds off of, and actually this is a book that was written, uh, I want to say it was written before um, uh, well before um, John Wimber's book. And so it was written in 1970 something, 1973. So uh, he essentially is saying that continuing the ministry of Jesus includes healing. And that's something that the charismatic tradition has continued to say too. So highly recommend healing in Christianity. It is fantastic. Uh, you will not be, you will not be um, disappointed in that book. Uh, I also have to say that um, when you're when you're maybe thinking about getting into the practicality of healing, if you're going to like jump into the subject of healing, but you really want to know about about the practical, and you you kind of want to maybe just um, put your biblical theology into practice a little bit more. I, I really love this book by Mark Steib. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Probably pronouncing it right, uh, wrong. Um, Steib and Mark Dupont. I know Mark Dupont. Um, uh, you know, he's a pretty well-known um, speaker, but Mark Steib, or, or uh, however you pronounce that, I'm butchering it, I'm sure, is, uh, I know, um, is uh, in England or was uh, there. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but this is a really practical book called Healing Today, When the Blind See and the Lame, the Lame Walk. Uh, they have a, a huge debt to, to uh, John Wimber, and you can tell in the book because they spend a lot of time talking about the five-step prayer model as, as probably, I guess it's the kingdom model, and they, they talk a lot about why it's such an important thing. Uh, but in addition to talking about the, the biblical theology of it, they talk a lot about some subjects that I think are also important when it comes to thinking about healing. Uh, one, is, uh, one chapter is about creating a healing community, and I think that's a really, a really important and powerful um, concept to think about is, is having a community where where um, the church is actually focused on pursuing healing and not just healing for for itself, but healing for the world around it. I, I think that's a really, I don't know, it's just a beautiful um, way to think about about the subject. And so that chapter is, is really good and I think uh, can get you kind of started towards thinking about pastoring or leading a church into that that world. Uh, I also love uh, the chapter on keeping your healing. And that's something that I, I think uh, maybe you've never thought about, but um, you know, the authors talk a bit about why it's important to, to um, think about, about really staying, staying connected to the vine. Um, you know, uh, being people who, who long for um, a deep connection with God and, and, and really talks about how um, there are certain things that actually can 
rob us of our healing um, that we've experienced. Uh, and I think with healing there, I mean emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, etc. So uh, anyway, great book, really practical. Uh, you got to get it. It's a really great book. So uh, link again in the description. Uh, now I'm going to move on to something a little bit more scholarly. Um, it's it's actually a two-volume set. It is massive. It's written by um, an amazing New Testament scholar by the name of Craig Keener. The book is, of course, called Miracles. And it is, like I said, two volumes. Uh, it is on the credibility of the New Testament accounts. And uh, Craig basically Craig basically spends time in this book laying out the um, various uh, arguments that that have been used against a supernatural worldview, and he shows how the epistemology or or the kind of the approach, the worldview or the philosophies that are working against that approach are are not very reasonable, and most of the arguments they actually end up um, uh, falling on their on their faces as he kind of unpacks them. I mean, he uses Hume to undermine Hume. And if you know anything about philosophy and Hume's anti-supernaturalism, you you know that he's been really influential. And so his, uh, Craig's uh, arguments are just fantastic. But here's why I think the book's really cool. Uh, in addition to the, you know, he goes through the ancient evidence and he has all this, uh, you know, just massive amount of, of uh, academic scholarly research into it. And if anybody's ever read Craig Keener, they know that his footnotes alone are huge and massive. But what Craig also does in this book is he provides lots of stories and testimonies that he himself has verified using empirical research um, methodology. And so you're going to read about people who have, who have had significant supernatural miracles in this book. And so it's probably not the kind of book that a lot of people are going to sit and start reading from chapter one and go all the way through. But it is the type of book that you want to have around, I think, if you are wanting to understand some of the deeper, larger issues related to this uh, subject of healing. And so it's a great book. Absolutely fantastic book. Uh, and then finally, in my, my top five, which is really top seven, I'm going to mention a seventh book right now. Uh, arrived in Power Healing, Doing Healing, Healing in Christianity, Healing Today, um, Miracles by Craig Keener. Actually, I've got uh, two more to go. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, a book that I love called Miracle Worker. And um, uh, Miracle Worker is written by a guy named Jordan Sang. And uh, Jordan is in, um, it's actually called Miracle Work, by the way. Miracle Work, written by Jordan Sang. And it is fantastic. I, I could not recommend this book as well enough. Um, Jordan Sang, I've seen him do ministry before. He says it's a down-to-earth guide to supernatural ministries. I have paper copies. I have Kindle copies. Uh, I have given this book away to a lot of people as well. It is really, really good. I love Jordan's practicality, though. This is a book full of stories and, and full of encouragement to get in the game of miracle working, specifically in relation to uh, healing in, in the context of this, this podcast. So so those are my those are my... My top five, but it's really six because I put power healing and doing healing together into one. Um, but I do have a bonus, and I and I was thinking a lot about this about how you know the books I've talked about uh, talk about so far have primarily been focused on the subject of 
Well, a physical healing, uh, um, you know, they talk about other aspects of healing. In fact, every one of these books would not reject or deny that healing is a, is a comprehensive, um, holistic ministry of Jesus' kingdom. And so they would talk about that. Um, but I was thinking about how it's really important to think about healing in the context of, I think, emotional wounding, as well as in the context of mental illness in this world we live in now. We've, I think, theologians and biblical scholars and pastors and, and just people in, in churches are now thinking more uh, and trying to think deeper and more holistically about how do we minister to those who have mental illnesses or have been emotionally wounded. And so um, there's a really great book that I think would help get some of that conversation started on a practical level. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, and it just has been really a, a good book to think about um, soul care and our own emotional health and how that fits in, how the past has impacted our present and cannot, cannot recommend it high enough. So uh, really recommend that book. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and I think that there's also some other books that would be important to throw in there too. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Amos Young's book on disabilities. Uh, Amos has a book called The Bible, Disability, and the Church. And that's also a fantastic book about trying to think through uh, people who have disabilities and how they fit into the church. Because um, one of the concerns that I've, I've, I've had and I've, and I've seen is when charismatics see people with disabilities, they oftentimes see them simply as projects and they ignore how those people are actually created in the image of God and are people to be loved. And they, the way that they go about it can really wound them. And that's, that's going to be a podcast in the future that I talk about for sure, because my youngest sister has Down syndrome. And I've, I've really wrestled with the implications of, of that uh, topic before. And I'd love to talk more about it. But in this case, those are, those are my, my, my top books that I, I recommend. I think that they will get you started into exploring the subject of healing and uh, will cover the biblical, theological, and practical aspects of healing ministry. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'm going to talk about a couple other books that I think would be helpful for you. And then I'm going to lay out three reasons why I think the cessationist, the person who denies the charismatic gifts for today. I'm going to lay out three reasons why I think that their arguments fail. And so we'll be back in a couple of seconds. You're listening to the Sacramental Charismatic. In addition to this podcast, I have a fairly active YouTube channel where I create theological content for pastors, churches, and normal everyday followers of Jesus. As you can probably imagine, creating content like this has a number of costs associated with it. In addition to the various pieces of equipment and software that are needed, there are costs related to hosting and other administrative needs. Would you consider supporting this podcast? For just $5 a month, you could help me continue creating these resources. Simply click my Patreon account in the description from this podcast. Thank you so much. And now let's get back to our podcast. All right, so there are a ton of books, as you can you can guess. Now, you know, if you're looking for the biblical uh, studies side of things, when it comes to New Testament scholarship, uh, I, like I mentioned, Craig Keener is one of those folks, so his miracles um, would be good. He's also written a number of books on the Holy Spirit that 
or charismatic gifts that I think would be really relevant to it too. But you need to get Gordon Fee stuff. Um, Gordon Fee has written a ton of stuff on 1 Corinthians. And, you know, that might actually be important to to remind you is that, you know, we're not talking about some imaginary crazy idea. We're talking about biblical theology here. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, the Apostle Paul actually lays out a list of gifts and healings, plural, the gifts of healings is mentioned. In fact, it's found right in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, and, you know, if you're reading 1 Corinthians 12, you'll know that it starts out and Paul lays out, um, first of all, in awareness of why spiritual gifts um, have been given. And he talks about them being used to, to, by God to unite the church and to build up the church. And uh, But he also mentions in the end of it, um, those who do miracles and those who have gifts of healings uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27, 28. Um, and then he talks about um, how not everybody has all the gifts um, in verses 29 and following. So anyway, so there are a, a lot of really good biblical scholars out there that could help you with that. Craig Keener, Gordon Fee are two that have um, uh, been helpful for me. Uh, I also would recommend uh, this. I'm laughing a little bit because I don't think uh, this author, D.A. Carson, would would consider himself a charismatic. In fact, um, I have found that a lot of his practical application of his biblical studies is inconsistent, in my opinion. But, but by by all means, I don't think D. A. Carson would consider himself a cessationist whatsoever. But his book, Showing the Spirit, is a theological exposition of First Corinthians twelve through fourteen, and in it, uh, he does some great biblical scholarship to, I think, um, provide a, a really good framework for understanding the spirit, uh, the spiritual gifts, the uh, charismatic gifts in that passage, but also. Uh, at um, you know helping us understand a bit of what Paul was thinking there. So <clears throat> so anyway, Keener and Gordon Fee, great people to go to. Uh, but there's some other really great books out there, and I'm thinking of Gary Best's Naturally Supernatural. Gary was the former national director of Vineyard Canada. His book's really great, and that idea of naturally supernatural, I think that's really important for us in the sacramental charismatic realm of the church. You know, I think that our, um, our, our, uh, I guess our tradition, if that's a thing, if we're a tradition, if we're an approach, I think it would be pretty important to point out that when we talk about, um, I guess the, the idea of doing this stuff or doing healing or praying for people, we, we tend to approach things through a more naturally supernatural lens as opposed to, you know, what, what some would call a hyper Pentecostal or a word of faith approach, um, or, you know, with a lot of, uh, a lot of the cultural baggage that goes along with that. Um, we're perfectly content with um, with asking someone if we we can pl- place our hands on them to pray for them. We also have no problem with praying the same way that we talk all the time. We don't have to use King James English, and I know that that's um, you know maybe a cheap shot, but I have been in meetings um, many times where people pray in King James English, or when they do charismatic stuff, it's always in King King James English. Uh, which is fascinating and maybe something to discuss at a future date. But point being is is being naturally supernatural is is uh, probably rooted in what Jeff mentioned last week is that there's not a disdain for the material world and we don't have to quote unquote spiritualize everything in order to be able to operate in the power of the spirit. So Gary's book's great uh, just to get you thinking about joining God in 
God's mission in in the work of healing. Uh, it's it's I think a great a great book. Uh, I also have found uh, Sam Storms has a couple books that are really good, Convergence and Practicing the Power. Practicing the Power uh, actually uh, came out from Zondervan a, a few years ago, and uh, you know is is you know going to lay out a pretty good case for the continuation of the gifts. Um, <clears throat> but it's not just about healing; it's actually about all the charismatic stuff. Uh, Sam, Sam, I don't know Sam really well. I've talked to him a few times a, a long time ago. Uh, very kind man. Uh, Sam is a uh, reformed, charismatic, baptistic, um, all millennial complementarian. So I think that he he you know he tends to speak um, and has a lot of influence among um, you know the Acts twenty nine crowd. Um, and, uh, but he also has a vineyard background and is very much, um, a friend of, of the original vineyard values and whatnot. So anyway, his books have been, uh, have been pretty helpful too in, in relation to, uh, some of the practical stuff. And I actually give his books, uh, or recommend him to my, uh, charismatic, um, exploratory Baptists, you know, the Baptist folks that I know that are like, I, I'm kind of open to this stuff because I'm starting to read the Bible a little bit more in those passages. And I, I, I'd like to understand, I'd like to understand the gifts a little bit more. Um, who do you recommend? Because I think he can kind of speak their language. So, uh, in his book, Convergence, um, I love, cause it says it's called spiritual journeys of a charismatic Calvinist. And so a lot of Calvinists are like, what? Uh, okay. So, um, I'll mention one more, um, one more uh, charismatic voice, and then I want to move over to some Catholic stuff just to get us thinking. Uh, but Jack Deere, Jack Deere wrote "Surprised by the Power of the Spirit" as well as "Surprised by the Voice of God." Uh, Jack Deere's books, um, as an Old Testament theologian at Dallas Theological Seminary, where he was a full-on dispensational cessationist, he had a um, a world-changing, transformative encounter with the Holy Spirit, and then ever since then has been uh, kind of writing and addressing charismatic stuff. But his book actually almost saved my my um, charis- charismatic um, theology identity. And uh, I'll, I'll share that story really quickly. You might be interested. But I, I grew up in charismatic churches. Um, I grew up going to, to um, churches that were were open to that. I mean, that'd be the primary um, church experience I had. Vineyard, Assemblies of God, um, I guess, uh, non-denominational charismatic um, churches. And if you've ever been to a non-denominational charismatic church, you know that actually is basically a denomination. They're all pretty much the same. Uh, But anyway, I grew up uh, around that and I saw a lot of craziness. In fact, by uh, the time I was uh, getting near the end of high school, I had basically come to the conclusion that I knew you couldn't, I knew you couldn't make a case in the Bible against the uh, charismatic stuff. But I was kind of like, if you did that stuff around me, I would want to punch you. (laughs) Um, I had just had seen too much abuse uh, by that time. So uh, Jack Deere's book, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit, um, saved my my charismatic spirituality. And I mean that truly because it was a book that was rooted in really good biblical exegesis. I, I, I found more and more of his, uh, of his writings, his arguments uh, being, um, you know, I, I couldn't deny that he was he was dealing with the text well. And then um, his his practical stories really uh, just helped me understand like a, just because people are, 
are doing biblical things doesn't mean they do them in biblical ways. And, uh, and so that was really helpful. So I, I love his books. So let's talk about some Catholic stuff. Um, because I think there's some actual Catholic uh, scholars out there that would be helpful to think about when you're talking about the charismatic stuff. Uh, I just sent a tweet out a couple of days ago about how my next podcast was going to be on Carl Rahner. I lied. I'm doing this one. But I am going to do one on Carl Rahner. Um, and he wrote a book that I've, I've read. Um, it's been a while, but it's called The Spirit in the Church. And in this book, um, he talks about healing and other charismatic experiences. And I think it's pretty pretty good book. So uh, I think his writings, though, um, were pretty good. In fact, uh, there is a um, there was somebody who posted a response to my tweet that um, <laughs> it's pretty funny that Carl Carl was a was a Catholic trying to be Pentecostal and uh, that's pretty pretty accurate but uh, okay so so what would I say would be some good some good books is is uh, basically anything from the charismatic Catholic uh, stream. There's some great books. Uh, there's some great books out there. Uh, but this is one that I'm really enjoying right now called The Power of the Kingdom by Father Matthew Swizdor. Now, this book, uh, I have to tell you, I was actually uh, I'm going to, how I got this book is pretty pretty cool, but I was actually attending a um, spiritual direction session at a Catholic monastery by a, a number of Benedictine monks. And uh, there was a little bookstore there, as well as a stack of books that they said you could take. And I was going through it, and I found this book, and I said, I got to have that because it says the power of the kingdom, and that is, that's language I'm familiar with. So I went home, it was put together in 1987, and this book is absolutely as charismatic as they get, and has a lot, I think, that... Uh, charismatic, um, sacramental, sacramental, charismatic people could wrestle with. I mean, it has a whole, whole chapter on the power of the Eucharist. It also has a power of sacred scripture. It has a chapter on speaking in tongues, but then it has a really great chapter on physical healings. And listen to what the author says uh, in this chapter. I think this is really good. Um, the author starts by saying this, by physical healings, I mean healings of illness of body or mind. I don't believe divine healing takes place only in the body. I believe the Lord heals the whole person and people who are healed of disease are never the same spiritually. That is, in their relationship to God and even to their fellow man. A sacramental charismatic is going to give that two thumbs up and smash that like button for sure on that. So, great book. Uh, I also have this book called Healing Through the Mass. I'm not sure where I'm at on that, but I do think that there is healing that can be experienced in the in the Eucharist. So, uh, but I haven't uh, finished this book. So, um, but I, I really enjoy the idea of of uh, the Eucharist, the Lord's table, actually being a space for uh, for charismatic stuff to happen, which uh, a number of authors have made cases for that. And I think Paul actually kind of leans in that direction. In that, Paul talks about the charismatic gifts in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, right after he talks about the Lord's Supper. So anyway, so talked about cessationists. I, I said I was going to mention uh, a number of reasons why I think the cessationist arguments against healing don't really work. And for me, uh, I've, I've read, uh, you know, when, when I was in my MDiv, my seminary degree, I 
had a number of uh, scholars, professors that were not charismatic. And so I went in there trying to have an open mind because I was still wrestling with the implications of growing up in a charismatic world and finding it baffling many of uh, a Sunday. So I read B.B. Warfield's book, uh, Counterfeit Miracles, which is considered a classic against the charismatic stuff. Um, and so I also read uh, Walter Chantry's Signs of the Apostle, Apostles, which is uh, basically um, addressing um, Pentecostalism. And then uh, recently, <laughs> recently forced myself to read The Charismatic Phenomenon. Uh, and uh, that, was, that was a rough one to read because uh, it was not very well written. Uh, but Richard Gaffin who um, it was a professor I had uh, for a, a, an adjunct class, actually, I, I took online. He was uh, the lecturer. Uh, anyway, he wrote a book called Perspectives on Pentecost, and uh, it addresses the New Testament teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, don't agree with it, but was probably the best one out of all of them. But here's here's the three reasons. I'm really simple. I'm going to tell you why I think the cessationist arguments against the continuation of healing don't quite work. And the first one for me is that I don't think that the cessationist exegetes scripture very well. And that seems really arrogant, but I'm, I'm just hang with me for a minute. Uh, I think that you have to read into scripture way too much that any reasonable person who picks up their Bible would walk away thinking that the spiritual gifts of healing and other, other supernatural gifts have ended for today. Uh, and, and, and here's the actual thing that really, um, really, I think, kind of, I guess, sheds light on that issue is that the Apostle Paul says twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we are to desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. We are supposed to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Um, and he says, especially prophecy, which cessationists would say is not for today. Um, and so in order to be a cessationist, you have to jump through exegetical hoops and you have to tell people to, to disobey a direct apostolic commandment. And, I, I, and that might seem like not that big of a deal. And I'm not trying to, to deny that there are hermeneutical questions about, um, you know, whether passages are descriptive or prescriptive and things like that. But I do think at the end of the day, a cessationist has to be able to tell someone to say, don't obey the Apostle Paul's um, statement to the first Corinthians in 1 Corinthians that you are to uh, you are to desire earnestly the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy and including the gift of healing. I just can't get there. I also think that the the old school uh, the old school cessationist argument that the First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen when Paul writes that that um, that the the perfect comes the partial things will come away that they would they would say that the perfect is the Bible I think. Every New Testament scholar today now says that that's not the case. Um, clearly, Paul's context is about the return of Jesus, so that argument is is moot. Um, but I just think that you 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 can't get around the fact that the purpose of of these miraculous things, these miraculous gifts in the New Testament, seems to be um, what Paul says in First Corinthians to build up the church. But they're also um, evangelistic um, efforts. They are they are how. Paul says both to the Thessalonians and to the Romans, it's how he preached the full, quote-unquote, gospel, um, you know, was through signs and wonders, the power of the Spirit. It was through the words 
um, the preaching that he, the messages that he said. And it also it was through his, his life, his faithfulness as a, as a follower of Jesus. Um, he, he was a light amongst the darkness. And so when it comes to uh, one of the reasons why I think that being a cessationist is absolutely crazy is I want to say it's because it's not exegeting scripture well. I, I just don't, I just can't get there. Uh, secondly, uh, it, it, to me, it, you have to completely ignore church history um, and you have to just uh, pretend that the, I mean, there's hundreds of stories throughout church history um, within, uh, even from the patristics on, uh, about healing. And, and we've, there's numerous scholars now, more and more scholars that have addressed this issue, uh, that there is tons of, of healing that happened in, in the church uh, throughout church history. So in order to, to be a, a cessationist, I think you have to kind of deny that. And you have to just assume that everybody is lying or trying to deceive the church. Um, and then finally, number three is, I think it, it is related to number two. I think you have to ignore modern day empirical evidence. Um, again, see Keener's book. But there's just far too many too many um, well-researched and documented supernatural things that have happened um, recently that it seems reasonable to to suggest and to um, look for and to pursue uh, the spiritual gift of healing. So, hey, thanks so much for listening in. Um, I hope this has been somewhat helpful for you if you've been exploring the subject of spiritual gifts. Uh, my name again is Luke Garrity. I am one of the sacramental charismatics. I know there's many more of you out there. I'd love to encourage you to please take the time to share this podcast. If you found it helpful, share it with your friends uh, on your social media platforms. I would really appreciate it. You can also support this, uh, this podcast and, and make it more possible to make more content by checking out my Patreon page. And then you can absolutely uh, follow my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Twitter, and definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel. I really would appreciate that if you would do that. But hey, I am just so thankful that you've been with me. And I plan on, again, uh, addressing Carl Rahner soon and talking a little bit about more about the, uh, the Ro that Roman Catholic theologian and how his sacramental charismatic theology can help provide resources for those of us who are trying to, again, um, bridge the gap that exists between many of the churches that are out there. Again, thanks again. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks again for listening. Would you please consider sharing this podcast with your friends or anyone who you think may be interested in exploring the intersection between ecclesiology, pneumatology, and missiology? If you know someone who loves reflecting on the Bible and theology, this podcast may be a great resource for them. Make sure to check out my Facebook page, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you so much.